It's time to watch The Muppets with special guest Vincent Price. It's time to watch The Muppets, Meg. Oh my gosh, we watched The Muppets and I have some embarrassing things to I'm really to glad you. that we just went really spooky talking about like the Jersey Devil spooky. and stuff. Because this episode went full oh, spooky. Oh yeah, spooktacular. Full spooky. Like, definitely spooky. Danny so, Elfman was inspired by this oh, episode to write... Tim Burton? Yeah, Tim Burton. The two of them, yeah, based their whole lives on this yeah. episode of The Muppet Show. So what were you going to say just before? Pivotal. It's a pivotal moment, spooky history. All the bats. All the bats. Oh, I was going to say something, but I'll say it later when you get to it. You can, okay. Like a normal person. You sure? I'll try. All right. So this episode opens with uh, Kermit. Kermit has the audience prepare for a weird and strange, scary night because the special guest is Vincent Price. He promises that there will be no craziness or slapstick and no silliness. He is then promptly hit in the face with a pie by Fozzie and adds, or at least not much of it. This episode ruled. This episode was tops. Yeah. It, it's the highest rated episode according tops, to tops, tops, IMDb. Tops. I did notice when I was about to start it that this is our 19th episode of The Muppet Show, Megan. We have, on, we have 101 episodes left. We've done a good left? job. Yes. Nice. We've really... But we're almost done with season one. We have six more episodes after yeah, this, right? Yeah, we're almost done with season one. Almost done and, with uh, season one. I already feel like it really is on an uptick. Like, well, next it, week, it hopefully we'll be. keep the momentum with Valerie Harper. I think Valerie Harper is going to be great. But I this love was Valerie Harper. A really weird one, and I was really excited by one of the Muppets showing up. So let's keep moving. Keep. We'll move on to Behemoth as he croons under my skin as a... As he eats a terrified Shaky Sanchez is the name of that little guy a he eats. Shaky Sanchez? Yeah. At the end, Shaky, accepting his fate, sings a verse of K Sarah Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. What's that dirty thing? A dirty Sanchez? That's like... Or a something? Okay. Dirty Sanchez. I don't know what that um, is, and I really don't want to know. That's got to be a poop one. Yeah. Okay. Right? <laughs> Where some sort of horrible sex act... This is I something I heard in the high school cafeteria, I, I think. think... Okay. <laughs> I'm not looking it up because I don't need that in yeah. my, like, search <laughs> histories. But is that one of the ones where, like, like... This is when you phone a friend. A mustache? Ew, it sounds like it. Right? That's disgusting. Yuck. Is it rimming? <laughs> no, I was just saying, like, you put poop on someone oh, 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 as oh. a mustache. <laughs> That's disgusting. I don't know what it is. Don't tell us. <laughs> I don't want to know. Ew. I absolutely don't want to know. This was fun. This was Gritty's uncle again. Gritty's uncle. Behemoth. Well, I just have fuzzy wuzzy, fubble wuzzy, What's what, what? I don't remember what that was. Wubba wubba. Hubba wubba. Hubba bubba. Yeah. <laughs> Bubble gum. Hubba wubba. <laughs> that was what, like a dragon from the? That wasn't even from Phyllis Diller, right? No, I don't know when that was from. It was it's just like in my head. Ago. It's an earworm from the um, well, after Behemoth croons under my skin, we croons. move backstage 
Scooter informs Kermit that someone would be someone would like to audition. Trouble is, this person isn't exactly a he, oh not exactly a she, but sort of a they. <laughs> but not really. This episode when is When Kermit meets the person auditioning, he discovers that it is a three-headed creature. Yeah. Did you, for one moment, think that Scooter, in 1977, was about to introduce us to a non-binary Muppet? Not in those words. <laughs> yeah. But Kermit... Kinda? Kermit, officially cancelable in this episode for his treatment of... Kermit, uh, you can't get cancelled if you stay cancelled. <laughs> and Kermit stays cancelled. He's cancelled. He's been cancelled for his treatment of Piggy, for his <laughs> treatment of almost everyone else under him. He's Who a, hosts he's a bad of boss. Him? Who's a better host than Kermit? Who's a better host than Kermit? Um... I would like to see, um, there was a ton of Muppets missing from this episode. Like, literally a ton of Muppets missing. Wayne and Wanda were in this episode. Wayne and Wanda made it then. And it wasn't even, like, a good one. It wasn't. But, like, Rolf was nowhere to be seen. Oh, there was no UK spot? There was. (gasps) I have to guess what the UK spot was. There was. When we get, as we go down the lot, start to get. (laughs) It was the ghost act. (laughs) Um, But, like, Piggy was nowhere to be seen in this episode either. But her voice was... Um, uh, Mildred. Was Mildred Piggy's voice by accident? I don't think so. Really? I did like when Mildred introduced Vincent Price for some reason and was like, oh, because I'm Transylvanian. Like, oh, we get no, these no, that weird threats. That was Gilda. Oh, Hilda. Hilda. <laughs> Wait, oh, Mildred. Yeah, yeah I, I don't I... like Mildred. Mildred's that pink lady with the brown hair, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't like her. But, yeah, so we were missing a lot of, like, mainstays. None of the Electric Mayhem were in this episode at all. Scooter was in this episode. Scooter was in this episode. But he has to be that awkward, like, earnest character who just, I don't know, does his thing, I guess? I I mean, yeah, they needed him to introduce this character. Like, Kermit and Scooter, that's not high energy right there. No, it's not. And you're right. Like, that can't. Main, main, but it wasn't a. But I guess is that the is that the point? Like he just carries it along, but his story's like kind of low key. It's about the variety. I think so. He's transitional. I don't know. I think so. I, I again, this one had a lot of backstage, so it's it always did. a plus for me. It did. And I thought to myself though, while I was listening, well, they weren't too horrible Mm-mm. when they did that. I mean, it was cringy and it wasn't great. Yeah, and it was like. But it wasn't as offensive as I've heard other this, things being. I don't know why Kermit didn't give this three-headed creature, like, a Kermit's just shot. a dick. There's always a Kermit. He is a dick. For yeah. no reason. Like, this three-headed character is no different than, like, any of the other creepy crawlies that are on the show from the regular. Yep. The frackles. Yeah. The, like, you know, there's all these other little monsters that hang around and do stuff. Why not let this three-headed guy be in the show? Be in the show. I don't get it. Well, you know what? He they had a Fozzie moment. Mm-hmm. You know, that they were in the show for Fozzie Spot, which is backstage now instead of on stage or in this yeah. episode anyway. But it was yeah. still a Fozzie moment. It was cute. So then we move on to Hilda comes out in honor of her home country of Transylvania. This was Kermit adorable. has let Hilda introduce the next sketch, The House of Horrors. Uh, these weird little threads that they're giving us of Hilda, and you know her time is coming. 
So I now know, Hilda's Transylvanian. She has poor self-image. She's she's just an all-around wreck also. What sitcom did you like that somebody got kicked off the show or, like, phased out of the show that oh, was like, sort of, like... That a character just, like, disappeared? Yeah. Like, oh, they're not here this season. I can't think of any one show in particular, but I do, like, because I, like, that I gave a shit about, but, like, didn't Richie Cunningham have a big brother that, like literally went upstairs one episode and never came back down and like suddenly it was just him and Joni and there was no other sibling I don't know but that sounds accurate I'm pretty sure there is and then there's like a couple Cosby kids that just like like Lisa Bonet when she leaves the Cosby show like is that still a good show oh yeah I mean I never was much for the Cosby show and Dr. Cosby (laughs) Dr. Cosby listen to me like introduce Jesus Christ this is a bad time um (laughs) Bill Cosby, like, he's a piece of shit. This is known, right? Yes. Whatever. But but we didn't know that when the show was on. No, but he did have, like, his, I don't know, moral high grounds that made him kind of a piece of shit. He's obnoxious. I he's mean, always been, like, a stuffy old man who yeah. also apparently is a sexual predator, like, to no one's real yeah. surprise. But, um... And Eddie Murphy makes fun of him pretty well. Did you see Eddie, that one? Eddie Murphy's another one, though, man. No, I know. Like, that. I, I can't even watch those now. I uh-huh. watch them, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. Damn. His like, and I knew are... it was cringy, but, like. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, they're really messed up. Mm-hmm. But I do recall him making fun of Bill Cosby. But Bill Cosby, like, always carried himself, like, that his comedy was, like, the standard. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you were doing something, like, slightly more crass, it was absolutely less than or... If you were doing something, like, other than what he was doing, like, his exact yeah. style of comedy was not good. Did you see that Netflix movie that he came out with? Who? Eddie Murphy. No. Was it Netflix or Amazon? One of the- Dolomite. Oh, no. Dolomite. That was supposed to be good. Mm-hmm. It was a black exploitation film, right? Like, done in the vein of Yeah, I didn't. Your- I didn't see it. Um, but I was just asking if you did. No, I did not. But he, I wonder if he can do better comedy now. Like, if he were to do a stand-up and not do it dirty he, and disgusting So, like Eddie that, Murphy like is supposed dick. to have one coming. He I've was workshopping. been this since the day. Yeah, he it's really COVID. was. It's um, COVID that's got him delayed. He was workshopping. He has a couple writers that I know I've heard of oh, that good. he is working with to help him. And he has an hour that is supposed to be, I think, at Amazon or Netflix. But because of COVID, like, he hadn't been able to, like, tour and, and work the material, you know? Yeah, you gotta work To, like, fine-tune his hour. That's good that or, he does that. you know, whoever's hour you want to call it, if he has writers. But he should just have, have Mike Myers write for him, and he'll be the donkey, and everyone will love it. No, I'm kidding. That's not a bad <laughs> idea. Donkey does an hour. I'm surprised they haven't done waffles. Shrek hasn't come back in some sort of way. Aren't you Me surprised about too. that? Especially because he is kind of... Like a three. Constantly having a moment? Like, why do people. Gen Z loves fucking Shrek, dude. I don't know. We've Maybe. We talked about this before. Yeah. yeah. And they really do. It's a good movie. The first <laughs> two are. Yeah. There's four. Uh, Jennifer Saunders is in the second one. Yes. The second one is superior to the first one. <laughs> yeah, Puss yeah. in Boots, Jen yeah, Saunders. True. Um, true. That, true. like, weird thing where they make Gingy, like, giant. The Gingerbread Man. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, just (laughs) the, like, holding out for a hero sequence of that movie fucking rips. They used to have that movie. They had that on the Laser Tag soundtrack when I work at Funtime America. (laughs) Deep cut. 
But, like, the Jen Saunders it version. It started with the Mortal Kombat, like, uh, techno song that used to be out. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking about? Yes. That song would play, and then I Need a Hero that Jen Saunders sang uh-huh. from Shrek. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> okay, so after Hilda introduces the sketch... Fozzie and Gonzo have rented a summer cottage. Unfortunately, Gonzo got the ad for the place from Vampire Weekly. <laughs> this made me giggle. They soon receive a visitor. Vincent Price is looking for a room for They're the night so as the road has washed out and his horse has okay. a flat tire. I need to admit something to you. What? I was embarrassed because you read that Vincent Price was going to be the guest, and I knew that he was like a vampire and horror and that, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't remember who he was, and as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, holy shit, he's the thriller voice. He's the thriller voice? Oh, he's the thriller voice! He's the inventor of Edward Scissorhands. Mm -hmm. He invented Edward Scissorhands. He narrates, uh, I'm pretty sure he narrated Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay. He literally like he is the narrator. I, we were to joking my that like lives. Tim Burton watched this episode and probably lost no, his mind, but he truly he did. Truly, <laughs> this is what happened. Yes, <laughs> without a doubt, he and Danny Elfman were both like, "Oh my god!" Oh, I saw that episode too. <laughs> yeah, they... Danny, you did, and then they like <laughs> run off together. <laughs> so one of my favorite things about this sketch was it was the first appearance of Uncle Deadly, this weird that like blue dragon guy. He's such an odd character. I didn't know that he existed this long ago. The first time that I can recall seeing him was in Muppets from Space. Oh. Can you remind me what he looks like? Uncle Deadly is the dragon. He is maybe Vincent Price's, like, assistant. Oh, my God. Or, like, his Igor. yeah. So, Uncle Deadly, in, like, the more modern incarnations... He's like a gargoyle. I think he's a dragon or something like that. Because sometimes smoke comes out of his nose. Oh. But he's, like... A weirdo. Like, yeah. he, he, in the more modern stuff... <laughs> he's a weirdo. Stuff, he's, like, oddly effeminate, and, like, yeah. he is, like, Piggy's, like, costumer slash assistant slash... Is like, he really? In the new Muppets Now TV show. Oh. Yeah. And, like, on the Muppets, that show that was on ABC, like, five or six years ago, The Muppets, he yeah. played the same kind of role, where he was, like, her, her wardrobe guy. For like her late night talk show, the one on ABC, I can't remember that one. It was very good. Liz and I just rewatched it during quarantine. Wait, is that the one where they get like Piggy has like there's a new pig? Yes, yeah, there was like another Kermit has it's it's supposed to be set in real in the real world. Piggy has a late night show. Yeah, and Kermit and Piggy before the series starts had gone through this horrible, very public breakup, and now Kermit. As the showrunner of her, like, he's, like, the head writer of her show. I think it's called, like, just Piggy Tonight or something like that. He also now has a new girlfriend who's a pig, <laughs> who's, like, a brunette. So nothing like Vivian Vile, then? No, no. It's 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 a straight, like, late-night chat yeah. show. And, um, like, Fozzie does warm-up for the show. He's, like, the, you know, the hype man uh-huh. in the corner and everything. It's a very well-thought-out show that, like, just kind of missed the mark somehow. Yeah. It's done in the vein of like The Office where it's like a workplace comedy where it's like the the talking heads, you know, mm-hmm. like of like oh, Peggy's been on a tirade these last couple days, you know, and then they show yeah. back you know, backstage footage of Piggy throwing up the like the uh craft services <laughs> table or something, you yeah. know. Yeah. Crazy. It was a like a it was I don't know. I thought it was a really fun show. But I think it's again because it wasn't the Muppets 
it was the it was the Muppets doing backstage kind of stuff where we're showing them yeah it wasn't as the human actual char- show, as like yeah. real as people who live amongst humans yeah. going about their life of they have to put on this show every week every day rather mm-hmm. you know it's a late night show and instead of ha- their guest stars would come in play as guests who were sitting on the couch with Piggy or performing on her show as musicians and stuff and it was cool like yeah. that the show would have like this revolving door of like random people sitting on the couch or like Jack White oh, really? showed up and played and it was I don't know it was pretty cool that is cool so this did that Jason what's his no, name no no Jason Siegel yeah what did he do that just that one thing I think he did like the first episode of this new show with okay. Amy Adams and then it kind of was just like because that movie's success really brought them back to life I can't remember if that was good or not. It, I liked it. I can't remember it at all, to be honest with you. I really liked Did it. Did I see it? Probably I've seen I'm it. I'm almost certain that we saw it together. Okay. I don't remember it at all. It was very good. Okay. Trust me. I remember the um, Happy Land one with Melissa McCarthy. Oh, the Happy Time Murders? That's like hardly a Muppet movie. I, that one was like... That was like raunchy. These yeah. aren't your grandma's Muppets. Like that kind of yeah. like... Wasn't there, like, someone got murdered and there was, like, literally blood and just, like, gross shit everywhere? It was ridiculous. So after Vincent Price... I love his voice. I'm so happy about this episode. When they're worried that at midnight he's going to turn into a monster and then they realize that it's New Year's Eve and he turns into Jack Parnell. Who is Jack Parnell? I don't know. Do you know? You have it up? We're so young. We're so young. young. You can't tell by my forehead lines, but we're so young. Jack Parnell served as the conductor for the Muppet Show Orchestra for the entire run of the series. A longtime drummer and part of the big band movement in England in the 1940s, Parnell set up his own group, the Jack Parnell Orchestra, in 1951. In 1956, he was hired by Lord Lou Grade as musical director of the ATV Broadcasting Company. Parnell worked on dozens of shows, including the series spotlighting Tom Jones, in addition to the Muppet Show. The conductor also takes credit for the for the appearance of Buddy Rich in the Muppet Show. So this was an in joke. But that's nice that they had it. Yes. Because so we wouldn't into have a looked him up. Yeah, I guess you're right. We wouldn't have looked it up we otherwise because I was like, who the hell is Jack Parnell? Exactly. So I'm glad we did. So after this sketch, we cut to Statler and Waldorf. Statler believes Vincent Price is the scariest actor since Thudge McGurk. When he appears in Statler and Waldorf's box, he scares Statler right out of his seat. Who is Studs? Thudge McGurk is a creepy crawly monster. This guy right here. Oh my god, that looks like my buddy. He does look like a my... Oh, not a my buddy doll. There was that other doll, my monster. Is that what you're thinking of? Yeah, my pet monster. Where there was like, yeah, that like purpley guy. He does look like one of those. With the chains. And they came in like a box that looked like a like a cage. A jail cage thing, yeah. My brother had one of those toys and I loved it. <laughs> so Tom, Dick, and Harry are still waiting to audition, but they can't seem to figure out what it is they do. We sing. No, we dance. No, we tell jokes. Kermit then asks if they've worked on television much, to which they reply, always, sometimes, never. Then they can't agree on a leader or a gender. This fluid monster can't yeah. get arrested, man. So after this, we move to a very underwhelming Wayne and Wanda. We had just 
come around uh, on Wayne and Wanda. This one you was boring. You and I boring. literally admitted that we fucking maybe love Wayne and Wanda. Yeah. If they it took st- <laughs> 20 episodes for us to be like, oh my God, I get it. They Wayne didn't and Wanda is up. bad. And they know they're bad. Or they don't know they're bad, but the show knows it's bad. It's bad. Yeah. And Wayne and Wanda, bewitched, bothered, and bewildered. Wanda is literally bewitched and turns into a blue frackle. I think it would be funnier if they made it where they both, like, each, like, prank each other each week. Like, they one kills the other or changes them into something or, yeah. like, knocks them. <laughs> I would like to see Wayne get it next. Yeah. If that means that he loses a limb or his head falls off, yeah. something. Let's hope Wayne gets his next yeah, week. Yeah, I hope so. The panel discussion. Now, when this started... And they said, Vincent Price is here. Did you go, ugh? Because I fucking did. Yeah, but it wasn't that bad. Anytime the panel is playing themselves, it's never that great. But this one was, I think, the best panel discussion we've seen. Oh, thank goodness. This one was not unbearable. Gourmet dining (laughs) is the topic. Gorgon Heap eats. Pierre Lacuse, the French chef, invented this panel. So can I ask you a question? What? Is invited to this panel. Sorry. A Gorgon. Uh Uh-huh. I understand a Gorgon to be like a Medusa thing. A Gorgon, I believe, is a Medusa thing. Yeah, so it's interesting that he's a, he's being called a Gorgon. Yeah, I would say a Gorgon is what you turn into when you look at Medusa, right? No, you turn I into, think, like, the statue of... I think Medusa is of the Gorgon elk. Medusa is a Gorgon. Yes. Let's, we have time. Yeah. I'm going to look up what a Gorgon is. <laughs> I know that because I was donated a stack of lesbian um like magazines and zines from the 70s and one of them was called dykes and gorgons and i had to look up what a gorgon was so here is one of the derogatory meanings of the word gorgon a fierce frightening or repulsive woman Mm -hmm. so and then also in greek mythology each of the three sisters slethino uriel and medusa with snakes for hair who had the power to turn anyone that looked at them into stone they're gorgons. So yeah, these yep. like creepy women mm-hmm. that had the power to turn people to stone. So it's interesting that they called him a gorgon because yeah, he's that not is a interesting. gorgon. In the Buffy the Vampire Slayer video game for the Nintendo GameCube that I bought when I was in the eighth grade, <laughs> uh, a gorgon is similar to that of a gargoyle. Oh. That's why I assumed maybe Medusa they or sisters women? turned someone into a gargoyle, turned them into a gorgon, you know? Mm-hmm. They weren't gendered necessarily at all. They were kind of like a four-legged beastie that kind of ran around. (laughs) Good to know, doggy. Back to the Muppet Show. But back. This panel discussion was really funny, and I liked that it was kind of a slow burn of this Gorgon guy eating things very... Like, he eats the cup. He eats the pitcher. He eats the tray. He eats the chef, and then he goes after Kermit. And um, especially so that while... Gorgon is like starting to eat Kermit that Vincent like leaned into it and he grabs Kermit's arm and he starts like seasoning him with like pepper or something. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah. You know what I want to see more from this show? You ever see a show like nailed it? Uh, the, the cupcake, the cake show on yeah. Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just stupid things like that. But I think it would be funny if instead of these like panel discussions, they do a challenge. Like when, competition like, yeah. things? Like, that would be really cool. <laughs> like especially something stupid like a cake or making something. Yeah. Like on the Muppets Now mm-hmm. show, 
I talk about this show a lot. I really On the hope Muppets the, now. I really hope you'll give it a shot. Um, <laughs> I'll try it for the Patreon. The, <laughs> the Swedish chef competes against com, – competes is like a strong word, but he, <laughs> he competes against a celebrity chef or a celebrity yeah. with preparing a dish. And mm-hmm. the, the celebrity presents the dish, and I think one of them was like Danny Trejo made like street tacos. And he was like, this is my favorite recipe. I cook with this all the time, whatever. So he, like, explained how to make them. And while he was making them, the Swedish chef was trying to beat him at making the same dish. So that's kind of, like, in a similar that's vein of what very, you're saying. very, very, very funny. And, of course, I the Swedish that. chef was an absolute nightmare and an idiot and I actually love that. One of my favorite jokes from that Muppets Now show, honestly, is from one of those uh, Swedish chef things. Because when Danny Trejo is, like, explaining, like, oh, be careful, because they're using, like, jalapenos in the dish, and he was like, these are really hot, and the Swedish chef is like, oh, okay, like, he's like, oh, you're a baby, basically. So then the Swedish chef keeps chopping up peppers, and he puts them on all his fingers, and he goes, ooh, pepper (laughs) cloven. And Danny Trejo's like, okay, sure, like, keep playing with the fucking food. And then he's like, oh, oh, and he eats one, and he's like, oh, oh, like, you can't handle this. And he keeps eating them, and all of a sudden, he literally almost bursts into flames. <laughs> he starts crying. He's pouring milk all over oh, himself. Like, so he cute. loses his mind. It that was really funny. That is so funny. And Danny Trejo just acted. Yeah, he's just like, you shouldn't have done that. That yeah. was stupid. <laughs> he's, like, still preparing the tacos, like, showing how it's made and everything. Now I need to look at a picture of who Danny Trejo is. Machete. Oh, I know who Danny Trejo is. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> I love that. I actually need to see that episode. Yeah, you definitely like, need to watch I it. Think I'm I have watch the it. picture saved in my phone of him going pepper globin <laughs> with he's like dancing his fingers at him and he has peppers on each one of his fingers. It's so funny. You guys don't get to see Doug doing pepper globin. <laughs> So, at the dance, a bunch of ghouls fill the ballroom. A couple of ghosts, Dracula and his victim. His victim being Jennifer. Mm -hmm. Beautiful day monster. Who's day monster? Surrounded by bats. Miss Kitty and the female blue crackle. Miss Kitty? Who removes her head at the end of the... This was a very... That was a very weird joke. Yeah. About wanting some head, getting some head, and then it took off its head and presented it to him. Yeah. That was, was really weird. weird. They love to do the, like, taking off a body part they, and giving it to somebody. A head, a hand, yes. a finger. This whole episode is all about literally taking your hand off and handing it to someone. Yeah. That's, that is the the height of comedy this episode. Yeah. George the janitor and Mildred. She has picky voice in this part a little bit. You think so? A little bit. I'd have to rewatch it to, like, hear it. And it's, it's probably... Wrong picky voice. I don't like her. So, like, when she comes on, I'm like, this lady is not nice. Does Who plays Mildred? Do we know? I don't know. Hang on, let me see. At the end of this list, it usually says who played what. Mildred Huckster. Her design was by Bonnie Erickson, and her builder is Carol, Carolee Wilcox. It does not say immediately who is who plays her. Richard Hunt. So yeah, yeah you'd be right it's, to say that it's yep, the wrong piggy. It's wrong piggy. But he, he accidentally does her voice. Yeah? Yeah. I have to rewatch it now when I get home. Then, so at, in this sketch we are introduced to those ghosts that I really liked. And I they had a lot of very ghosts. stupid jokes this whole episode. I love the ghosts. I thought they were great. So after at the <laughs> dance we move on to our UK spot. 
Ghosts haunt the backstage singing, I'm looking through you. Fozzie wandering in the backstage, sees the spirits, and runs away terrified. I like this. I really like the ghosts. And I love this, like, visual effect that they do with them. That they're, you know, they look like real ghosts. And it's a Beatles song. Is it? Yeah. I didn't know that one. I was, I loved the final song. I think it's from Rubber Soul. I'm looking through you. It is. The Beatles, it's from Rubber Soul. Written by John Lennon and Paul McCartney. I'm looking through you is performed backstage by some Muppet ghosts. As the UK spot in episode 119, The Muppet Show, Fozzie wanders by. And, well, we already said all that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that that was a Beatles song. That's actually kind of crazy mm-hmm. that there are so many contemporary songs in this episode. Yeah. Usually they're kind of like. But the way they did it was really good. I love the way they did that. Yeah. The best talk spot in Next. The best talk spot I've ever seen. Ever, ever, talk ever, spot. ever, ever is next. Vincent Price smiles to reveal vampire fangs, which he ostensibly grew on demand to showcase his acting prowess. Perfect. Carmen asks Vincent how he managed this feat. The latter begins as pompous explanation about years of training, concentration, etc. Kermit cuts the monologue short by opening his own mouth to reveal a set of vampire fangs. I love these And then promptly things. bites the neck of our guest star. I loved this. This honestly was hilarious. It so was stupid. so cute. Like, it made me think Kermit was adorable with those little fangs in his mouth. He definitely looked adorable with he the little fangs. He looked adorable. And I think this was another example of, like, the guest star being so comfortable. Yeah. So and comfortable. <laughs> and, like, to think of how old Vincent Price may have been during this. He was such a good sport. That he was such a great sport. Mm-hmm. And that he always, he seems like he maybe was always a good sport. Just by how, what a good sport he I was I love his voice. Yeah. Love his voice. It's definitely a haunting Iconic. narrator. Yeah. Iconic. I mean, he narrated eight like horror movies in the eighties and stuff. Yeah. I've never seen his version of then, the House the, on Haunted Hill. Yeah. I've never seen that one. I can't remember. I used to really like horror, but now it scares me. Yeah. I can't watch horror movies anymore. I'm like, I don't want a nightmare. I I don't want they're all about like jump scares or being like so socially scary that like I, did you see the trailer for this fucking Forever Purge movie? It's on TV all the time. No. I can't do any more purging. Purge? is like, like when they all kill each other yes. or something? Ha- no, thank but you. But now in this new movie, the Forever Purge, it's set up that, like, basically we tried to do the purge thing. It doesn't work. So we're just making, we're cutting all rules. There's no rules anymore. We're in the Forever Purge. So there's just people killing people. I, I hate like, it. I hate that. I had, like, what I could only call, like, the, like, I wasn't high, but I feel like <laughs> I had a high thought. We were watching Black Widow the other day. Yeah. And I go, well, people are just killing people in this movie. Yep. And I'm like, that's all cinema now. Mm-hmm. All content, even. Like, just, like, senseless murder with no repercussions. I know. And, like, it's so bizarre. It is bizarre. And when, like... I finally stepped back and paid attention to it as mm-hmm. a device. You want to be somebody and you want to go somewhere. You got to wake up and pay attention. I'm glad you paid attention. I suddenly was like, I don't think I like this anymore. Yeah. Like this kind of stuff. I can't, I can't condone like just the senseless violence and like, it's not even violence because it's. It's so extreme. Like, you can't... Can you call someone being killed violence? I don't know. It's almost worse. It, you know what I mean? Like, that's... There's, like... It's bad. This other tier. I don't like it either. I don't like... 
I really don't. But that is all that movies are. Except Barb and Star. That I movie, haven't watched it yet. But, it's on Hulu now. Okay, good. I just found out that Barb that and Star go to Vista Del Mar, yeah, right? That's good, it. clean fun. I, I love those kind of movies. It's bizarre and wild, and I love it. Like, even I was trying to, like, I rattled off a list of, like, Taika Waititi movies to you. I'm going to watch those. And, like, The Hunt for the Wilder People, Megan, I don't want to spoil anything for you, but I cried three times watching that movie, I would say. And in such a happy or sad or disappointed way like in it made me feel so many different things yeah and like that's the kind of shit that i want to watch from now on mm-hmm. i want stuff that moves me but in a fun way that you is what, what I mean? doug that's all that i want oh my god i love what you're saying because this is what i'm trying to do with my life right now uh-huh. like i took a little break from instagram i'm back on instagram because i i need it for work purposes yeah. and things like that but I'm trying my best. You're trying to like backpedal off social media. When I wake up in the morning and when I go to bed, my phone is downstairs and now I have an old school alarm clock. Uh Uh-huh. And that is what we... Yeah. And that's what we... It's like a radio station. I have it set to like the most obscure radio station. It's some random radio station. It's it's Piscataway's radio station. Oh, weird. Okay. Yeah, it's weird. Um, Anyway, so now I have that. My phone is downstairs. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah. I mean, it's a start. I try not to take my phone with That's me to the bathroom. That's good to know because last night at about 3 o'clock in the morning, I almost texted you and I was like, oh, that could wake her up. No, you could text me. I won't even get it. <laughs> Kaylin texted me yesterday at 940 and uh-huh. my, I didn't get it till later this morning at so like 10 o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> That's really cool and it's very... Um, I left Admirable. my I left my phone in the car when I went to go see Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I like just leave my phone in the car now. Yeah, just trying to be like more present and shit. Yeah, and I'm trying to read more instead of reading stuff online. It's like everything is just it's just got to me. That's like my weird problem right now. So the other night I was reading, we're both reading it now. Mm-hmm. Tom Sharpling's book. Um, I it love never it. Ends, right, it never ends. It is so called. great. So I was like, oh, I turned on my lamp on my nightstand and. My wife, Liz, was like, oh, could you turn the light off? Like, after I was, like, reading for a little bit, she's like, I'm trying, you know, I can't sleep with the light on. So I was like, okay, no problem. So I turned it off. And then I picked up my phone, and I opened the Hoopla app. And I was like, what? This is, like, a weird book. Maybe it's on there. Because, like, Hoopla doesn't have a lot of, like, mainstream things. They have, like, smaller publishers, Mm -hmm. usually, and weirder stuff. So I was like, and I found the book. So I was like, okay, this rules, because I already purchased the book, so I feel like I've done that service, you know. And I'm like, and then now I'll use my library to check it out digitally. That mm-hmm. sounds cool, right? That feels like there's got to be points somewhere for, No, I think you know, that's okay. For the author to, you know. So, yeah, I've been reading it on my phone. And I'm like, I'm finding that I'm reading more attentively and thoroughly on my phone than on the physical book. Oh, really? Which is really? bizarre to me. That is crazy. Because I'm not a huge, I hadn't been a huge fan of reading digitally. But I've honestly blown through more chapters on my phone than on the physical Interesting, book. Interesting, because you're so used to reading your phone and yeah. stuff. Kermit tells the three-headed monster that they won't be in the show tonight, but they have already prepared a song, Tea for Three. Upon hearing that, Kermit orders the three-headed Muppet <laughs> that they leave. This was kind of hilarious so, and silly. This next sketch, <laughs> I think, might have been... This is what you did. <laughs> I'm, like, spazzing out. <laughs> 
This next sketch might have been my favorite sketch of the episode. Was it the house sketch? No, the house no. sketch is terrible. I'm <laughs> just kidding. The Muppet News Flash. The oh, yeah. The newsman reports that furniture is this turning into monsters favorite. as a man watching at home is eaten by his living room. Easily the best part of the episode. Have you ever watched Mr. Show? No. The sketch show on HBO from like the late 90s. I know David Cross is in that David show. David Cross, Bob Odenkirk, Paul F. Tompkins, uh, Mary Lynn Rice Cub, Sarah Silverman, to Oh, a degree, really? Jack I need Black, to see it. Um, Jay Johnston, who I... may or may not have been at the um, January 6th Capitol insurrection. Oh, wow. <laughs> but yeah, it, it's got a lot of like regular players, but it's primarily Bob and David. And they run their sketches back to back like that. So that the news anchor was doing this sketch mm-hmm. essentially and then Oh, it just that goes it, into it the steps next. back yeah. and it's the man watching the TV show. That was like an incredibly Oh, I think Mr. I did show see an style. episode that maybe you showed me or that did we all watch it ever? There was Netflix revived it mm. very shortly and it was just called With Bob and David. Oh, okay. Maybe that was what you watched? Maybe. But, um, yeah, it's just the sketch show, and their format is that the sketches flow into one another, and that it constantly, like, you'll see a sketch where it's, like, three punk rock kids doing something stupid, yeah, and then they'll stop doing whatever stupid thing it is, or it'll it'll be revealed that they're waiting in line at a concert, yeah, and they'll go into the concert, and now the next sketch is the concert that's happening, and the band is performing, and they perform, they do something wacky and stupid, they walk off stage, and they hand something to a PA. Now the PA is a sketch and it like it just oh, keeps like it's like moving, such a flow like that. Fluided like like that. That's really, really So this really, really reminded really cool. me of that style of I love that the furniture turned into monsters. It's so good. The T V, the chair, everything. Very and, uh, good the, the way it ended with the TV turning oh, yeah. into a monster and then eating him, I love that. And it reminded of course. me of Scream. <laughs> when the TV falls on Stu? I don't remember. What are Matthew Lillard. Oh, Matthew yeah, Lillard. Yeah, Stu, because Billy's the other one. Matthew okay. Lillard's death in 13 Ghosts. It's like sliced in the door, I think, or something. Matthew Lillard's in that one, too. He's a ghost. And they have to figure out how to kill the ghosts, I think, if my memory serves me well. So where are we on the episode? We are at the blackout. I love that they call these blackouts. Like, when the guest interacts with uh, another Muppet, like, on the stage, though, they call this a blackout. Are you blackout. serious? Vincent can't find Hilda for his dressing. Sweetums appears and oh, offers yeah. to, give, to give him, literally, a hand. Vincent, half-enjoyed, half-puzzled, claims... That this is his kind of joke. Was he actually backstage or was he in like a black screen? Was it like a blackout? He was on the stage. He was on the stage. There was no, I don't know, they're almost in front of this like weird courtyard backdrop. Who helps him again? Sweetums. Sweetums, yeah. Yeah, he gives him his hand. Oh yeah, he gives him his hand. Then we move back to your three-headed guys. Fozzie tries to console the three-headed monster, but they've already come up with a new act. One head will be the straight man, one will be the comic, and one will be the audience. That way, no matter how bad they are, they'll always love themselves. <laughs> I wanted to tell you this joke when we got here and we sat down, but I don't remember the joke anymore. It was that bad. What the hell was the joke? Do you remember it? Um, no. But I all I needed to remember from that sketch was that the one like tells it, the one... Yeah, the one punches it, and then the other one Mm -hmm. laughs. Whatever. We move on to our talking houses, the hospital. 
Oh, boy. What does he say? This was stupid. He's like, oh, my son's really into medicine. Oh, yeah. And the woman oh, goes... Oh, is he a doctor? No, he's a hospital. <laughs> and then, like, you know, the lights go out or whatever, and they just pull back. This, oh, my God. The dumbest thing. All I thought when you said the lights go out, I thought the lights go out on Broadway. Then I thought about... See the lights go out on Then Broadway. I thought about Billy Joel, so that made me think about Tom Sharpling's book. Oh, my God. I love all, like, the ripping on Billy Joel. It's so funny it's to me. It's so funny. Because he also doesn't seem like he hates Billy Joel. He just doesn't like Billy I Joel. I know. It's very weird. I love it. And I can feel that. I understand. Yeah. And when he talks about having those, like, <laughs> shitty seats, it also but made me also, laugh. But also, like, the way he describes Billy Joel, he's like, do you actually like him? Or are they just, like, earworms that have been, like, These songs sh- that yeah. have always existed yeah. for your whole life. You don't know like, any better. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. That's me. <laughs> I know. So I was driving our car or whatever, and the, like, there's like CDs in there, uh-huh. and I know that the first CD is Billy Joel, so when I was by myself going to my grandma's, I just put the Billy Joel uh-huh. CD. <laughs> ba, 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 da, da, ba, ba. <laughs> like, okay. I think it was that album that he named that like was like his punk rock album or whatever. Oh, uh Glass Houses. Yeah, Glass Houses. Yeah. And I, I love that Tom Sherman <laughs> called that his punk rock album. And like, oh no, I think he's right. That is Billy Joel's attempt at being punk. Yeah. Like, but that's what he does. And I love the way he described like the tracks on the album. Like uh, the doo-wop throat. Yeah, it's so stupid. I love it. Oh my god. So this was another one of my favorite sketches of this episode. Vincent, Uncle Deadly, two ghosts, and some monsters, including Frackles, Droop, Purple Heap, Green Heap, Miss Kitty, and Flower Eating Monster, sing You've Got a Friend. I love this song so much. I do, too. And then when I realized that that's what they were singing, I was like, oh, my God. Winter, spring, summer, fall. Yeah, I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Um, I really liked this a lot. And he looked like some, like, I don't know, evil version of Willy Wonka or something. And I'll be there. <laughs> I thought this was terrific. I this it. whole episode really did. Yeah. It was great. It was great. Vincent Price is a gem. We close off with Kermit. Kermit asks the audience to give Vincent a hand, but instead, Vincent gives him one. This was cute. I liked it. I really I liked it a lot. I liked it, too. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. It was great. Um, I will point out that on Nickelodeon, at the dance, once again, was cut from the episode. On Nickelodeon. I wonder if it's that weird head joke. Interesting. Yeah, the... Yeah. Like, if with time, it's become a little bit of an odd... Yeah, but also, it's like, Nickelodeon is kids only, and that was a family show. Mm Mm-hmm. So, maybe you just take out the the adult joke, I guess, to make it more kid-friendly. In a Brazilian airing... They cut out the backstage scene after the House of Horrors and before Wayne and Wanda. What backstage scene was that? Yeah, but some of that's probably like they don't, like the humor is different. Yeah, that has to be just, yeah. you're right. It just doesn't translate. Yeah. Like it literally doesn't translate. I'm just looking for other interesting notes and that's kind of it. Can you pull up Vincent Price's IMDb, though, while you have your phone open? Absolutely I can, because I'm pretty sure it's right here. Vincent Price. 
cutting off of this? Okay. Vincent Price. You ready? Yep. What are you looking for? I am looking for what did he do in the late 80s, early 90s? The late 80s. He was the great mouse detective. He was the villain, Professor Radigan. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because Bet. Yeah, the Basil of Baker Street was the good guy. He was, yeah, he was like that big scary mouse. Yep. He was, um. I'm looking for like other things that we've definitely heard of. Edward Scissorhands, he was, of course, the inventor. He narrated an episode of Tiny Toon Adventures <laughs> called How Sweet It Is. He narrated, you he said? He narrated a part of an episode, yeah, of Tiny Toons. Interesting. I would watch that episode. <laughs> um, is Tiny he, Toons on pe- the, uh, not Patreon Paramount Tiny Toons is on Hulu oh Hulu okay I have that one um, he was uh, he played him he played I guess not himself but a version of himself I imagine called Vincent Van Gogh on Scooby Doo in 13 episodes oh. of Scooby Doo yeah yeah he, I, re- I recognize him definitely from Scooby Doo he was, was the narrator of Thriller have to admit, I was hard into Scooby-Doo for a little bit. Really? Not like I loved Scooby-Doo, but like I liked watching it mm-hmm. a lot for some reason. That's one that never came after school for some reason. Just like after school. Yeah. My mom would be like, I hate this show. I'm going to change it. I think else. I always saw it as predictable or something. It is predictable, know. but like I kind of I kind of like like the Psycho Beach Party-esque tone uh-huh. that scooby-doo has do you know what i mean like i don't know yes and th- they would literally have like a weird like very dancey 60s number when they would do that like yeah it's like that, that classic 60s, when they would like... go across the hall and open the door and then come out a different door and then go down that hall and then like you know yeah. bump into the monster and yeah. it's like i like the cartoon aesthetic of it too but like Scooby-Doo's voice is kind of stupid and shaggy is annoying. It plays Professor Hubert Whitehead in the double part episode where the Bradys go to Hawaii with the bad luck tiki. Yep. Wait, in the not in the movie, in the actual In the actual Brady Bunch. Oh yeah. Yes. I recognize that. What else in the seventies? Um he plays the bad guy in Peter Cottontail. You ever uh-huh. seen him as Peter Cottontail? He plays January Q Iron <laughs> Oh my god. He has like the weirdest. Yeah. He played someone who had to have been a villain, I'm sure, in Get Smart. He was in a ton of weird shit. Batman. He was Egghead in the Batman 66 show. How did I forget this? Oh my god, I didn't know that. I don't even know who Egghead is. Egghead it's like is a made-up pen- villain for that show, and it's literally, he has an Egghead. Oh. I need to pull up a picture of Egghead for you, because <laughs> you will be horrified. Did they try to do the Penguin character, and it didn't work? They, did the, they had oh. all those oh, other yeah, characters. Oh, yeah, they did have the Penguin. But when you're doing a serialized show like that, like, there's well over 100 episodes. Oh, you so there's not enough villains. You can't just have the run-of-the-mill characters, I guess, you know? That's true. That's that a good point. it's not enough, so... This is Vincent Price's Egghead. Oh, my God. He's very funny looking. Egghead is a fictional character created for the 1960s Batman television series played by horror film mainstay Vincent Price. The character was identifiable by his pale bald head, white and yellow suit. Oh, my God. Keep reading. He believes himself to be the world's smartest criminal. <laughs> and his crimes usually have an egg motif to them. <laughs> He also includes egg-related egg. puns in his speech. Exactly, excellent, etc. 
Additionally, he camp, would use camp, a camp. wide assortment of egg-shaped weapons, such as a laughing gas egg. Oh my god. Tear gas eggs. All laid by chickens on diets of onions. What? Oh man, this character's insane. Vincent Price is a very cool dude. Yeah. That's all I can say after watching this episode. Definitely. I need to seek out all of his other things because, damn, man, this is... Very, very fun. (laughs) So next week, Valerie Harper. Woo-woo, Rhoda! episode we've been looking forward to I love Valerie Harper. Episode 20. Impressed with guest star Valerie Harper's beauty, Statler and Waldorf argue over who will go backstage to meet her, so they decide to flip for her. Statler wins and sets off to woo her with an African berry bush which George the janitor accidentally waters, left to grow at a very fast rate. So join us next week when we watch the Valerie Harper episode, episode 20 of The Muppet Show. All right, enjoy. Enjoy.